0: Welcome to the Hopeology Podcast, with two sisters, Michael and the Nester, author Emily P. Freeman, and their dad, me, Gary, and our families, too, to help you pursue hope in the areas where we're most often discouraged, your home, your family, and your soul. This episode is about fear, you know, because it's October. Dad and the girls talk about being scared, which of course can mean worry, and anxiety. That sounds like fun. Emily starts off this segment.
1: Well, when I was a kid, it was what if our house catches on fire? What if the car rolls out of the driveway? You what if there's a tornado? Of those things? Uh, yeah.
0: Like constantly?
1: Constantly. The, a big one was if the car rolls out of the driveway. That was a huge fear it for was me. Wow.
0: When? Were we on a hill?
1: No, just like I would be in the house and check on the car.
0: <laughs> You'd look out the window? Mm hmm. <laughs> so we weren't on a hill. Right. Did you and ever no tell us was these in things? The car. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody the car was
1: empty. Just the car itself. And not running. <laughs> but I but I did worry about it when we were in the car. Absolutely. What like if we were about? parked, that it would start to roll.
0: Why? Did that ever be happen? Be out to you? of control. Sometime when you were a kid, maybe I don't, it, if it, it did, I
1: don't remember. In my head it did a lot tornadoes too, living in Columbus, Indiana, that felt like a scary thing. I think Grandma Yadin told us once that if the leaves turn, if the sky turns yellow and the leaves turn white, It means a tornado? Mm,
2: I remember
0: that. It means the leaves are just blowing and you're seeing the bottom side of them is all.
1: I know, but it sounded very magical and (laughs) scary when she said it.
0: You almost wanted one to happen just for the wonder of it.
1: Right. Well, I didn't. But I do remember this, that mom would rush us over to the neighbor's house because they had a basement and you would stand on the front porch and wait for it to come. Oh, you got to
0: watch for it.
1: (laughs) That was probably the only thing that kept me sane. Like, okay, if dad's okay.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad I I did something right then.
1: (laughs) But we still ran next door, right?
2: <laughs> I don't remember
0: I don't ever dad being going.
1: You don't remember always, running to Missy and Shelly's? Yeah, I
2: do. But in my head, dad was at work. I didn't know like, that he refused to go. Oh,
1: I would. it's funny because I think in the back of my mind, it made me feel better that you weren't terrified. But in the front of my mind, I was so <laughs> mad at you for not coming with us because you were going to blow away. And I felt responsible to convince you of the importance of taking cover. But bear in mind, my favorite movie was The Wizard of Oz, so, you know...
0: And you had already seen The Wizard of Oz then, right?
1: Multiple times. Okay, so
0: we knew what could (laughs) happen. Every October. Your house can take off into the air, and you're thrown all around the living room and uh, bang your head and have a dream.
1: And everything turns to color.
0: You know, I never noticed that about that movie until, like, I was a grown-up for a lot of years. That it turns to color? Yeah, before I realized... (gasps) Is it because
1: you didn't have a color TV?
0: Well... Well, maybe no, maybe that was it. No.
1: <laughs> it's funny the things. I said. don't know.
0: <laughs> so you lived a, a terrified life as a child, then, basically, right? Did you like invent stuff to be afraid of? Do you think?
1: Yeah. Well, yes. Why I would invented you do? Th- why would you do that? I don't know how that started, but I know that as time went on, I think it became familiar. And even though I didn't want to be afraid, the alternative was something I didn't know, and so at least it was my fear. Does that make sense?
0: Um, how many things uh, can you think of a time when you were afraid and it happened?
1: John and I were in that, in our car and with the kids and someone ran into us. We ran through, a, a, we, we ran through a green light, but the person who ran into us ran a red light. And so that was a car accident. The car was totaled, but nobody was hurt. Mm-hmm. But I remember that night I couldn't sleep and I had like, not full fledged panic attack, but it was like, it became something sort of bad happened, something bad happened, but it became, but what if something worse had happened? And so my brain kind of just naturally floated to the anxiety of what if it had been worse? That's sort of my knee jerk reaction. But I think now in life, things that aren't like physical harm, like being carried away by tornadoes and suffocated by fire. Um,
0: Grown-up fears now.
1: Now I feel like sometimes fear shows itself more maybe in my work. When the girls were babies, I was always really afraid of them getting sick um, or of me getting sick. That was like physical. But I think one of the things that helped me get through that fear was writing. I started to write, and it's almost like my brain – was distracted from the fear and I sort of threw myself into something that I, I think it helped me become more fully myself. The writing did. And it was like, I didn't have as much time to worry about all the what ifs because hmm. I was focused on something that made me come alive. But then fear creeps in, in that area of life in a lot of ways. Cause sometimes I think I, when I think about saying yes and no, sometimes I say no for fear of maybe I'm not cut out to do that thing. But then sometimes I say yes out of fear because I'll miss, I'm afraid I'll miss out if I don't say yes, even though I'm not sure that's something I really want to do.
0: Why do you think you're afraid? What, 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 does all, what does fear for you have in common?
1: Part of it is me feeling like all the things are up to me and that I have to maintain control. And if it's something outside of that, then I don't know.
0: I think with me, stuff like that. It's like it's up to me. But I know like when I first when I believed in the Lord, that's what I did was I gave up control because I stopped and thought about all those things that I didn't have control over. Like, do I have control over if I have cancer and do I have control over if I lose my job or do I have control over if Brenda loves me? And even though I could be confident in all those things, but I didn't have any control over them. Okay, but what about this? We watch scary movies on purpose and pay for it. And we ride roller coasters on purpose to be scared. Well, you can deal with those fears. You know, just don't watch the movies or ride the coaster. But what about the scary stuff that you can't avoid? How do you find hope there? We'll get there in a minute. But first, Mike Willen has some other fears.
2: When Emily was talking about when she was afraid, when she was little of things... I don't ever remember anything I was afraid of. Like, I just never, it never occurred to me. I never lived that life.
0: Isn't it weird? Because you're in the same family, so you would think that if something was scary, it would be scary to everybody.
2: Yeah. I cannot believe what you're saying right now. I mean, first day of school, I got nervous. What did I even think about? What did I consume myself with? Well, it wasn't... Picking berries and acorns right. and making stew. You lived
1: this, like, charmed childhood, I I guess. had a very charmed Meanwhile, childhood. Meanwhile, I was twiddling my thumbs Meanwhile, and rocking in the corner. 12 inches away in the same bed. <laughs> yeah, we shared a bed, by the way. How could I have been so afraid? Probably because you fell asleep so fast at night, and I was by myself. <laughs> you were the one having to keep stay awake. I had to keep it all. Attention. I worried about people cutting through. The yard. Like, remember how people would cut through from the busy road where we lived to the alley behind us? Yeah. And I would hear them do it in the night, and it scared me. Because wow. what if they were killers? And they weren't. They were like teenage kids, like, cutting through. <laughs> big deal. It's like one of my big fears.
2: <laughs> well, I feel like Chad is now how you were as a kid. What do and you mean? Like, he's l- happy-go-lucky. I mean, how I was as right. a kid. <laughs> Not how you were. <laughs> and I'm... Because of that, like, I have to not be... <laughs> oh, you've switched roles. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know how that is. So do
0: you, but do you, I have
2: to think and worry about everything. Is
0: that because... If Chad did worry about uh-huh. it, would you worry less, you mm-hmm. think? Yes, okay,
2: absolutely, if, 100%. percent When I'm you embarrassed when, and ashamed to say.
0: When you were a kid... Someone
2: has to be thinking about this stuff.
0: Did you know Emily wasn't... No. Okay, no, so it's it didn't not, ha- not the same when you were yeah, a
2: kid. Yeah, I didn't think of it then, but, like, as an adult, I feel like, well, some adult has to be aware of this and okay we need to make sure we have enough how are we going to pay for college how are we are we fully insured but mm-hmm. is that f-
0: fear it, it feels keeps like me up at it night. feels like fear to you
2: that yeah that times a thousand so you're like a real grown
1: up because you worry about like money and responsibilities I worry about yes and I worry about made up things that might no, happen
2: yours aren't made up at all
1: well they are in that I mean I worry about <laughs> It's the dumbest way
2: to say it. (laughs) Your car rolling out of the
0: driveway. But now, what's the equivalent now?
1: I still worry about like the well-being of the people that I love, people who I love. And no, like that will keep me up at night sometimes is, but it's not like I have a, I'm looking at something that's happened and I'm afraid of it. It's more, I'm looking at the possibilities of what could happen or seeing what's happening to people around me. And being afraid of that. And then when it comes to my work and stuff like that, I I fear I don't have what it takes. I fear I can't sustain this thing I've started, even though when I'm in my normal, right, trusting mind, I know that's foolish. But if we're talking about fears, then I'll tell you that that's something that comes to mind.
0: Do you think we're like wired to to be fearful? And if we don't have enough stuff to be afraid of that will make it up, sort of? I mean... Do you think? Do you think we have like a quota that... Well, I know you it always tell crazy. me that, so I think you well, think no, that. No, that's not what I tell you. No, what I tell you is that you're addicted to it because you've done it for so long, it's now somewhat, in addictions. a bizarre way, a comfort zone for you. You don't know what it would feel like to not worry and be afraid, uh, and so it has a bizarre comfort level to you. That's what I say to you. Okay. It's not the same as having a quota <laughs> of fear. So once you're addicted to it, though, you will invent things because you'll be, I'm, I'm not worried enough. Something must be wrong. I'm not worried enough. And so then you have to come up with some, you know. Stir- well, we
2: really do have to pay for college. Well, I'm
0: not saying that, that I'm not saying that you do that. I'm just saying that I just think it's possible that that can happen.
1: Yeah. Well, and two, I think it's possible. If you possible live a lifestyle of it. To have, if things are going all right, is to think any minute now something bad will happen because... It's almost like yeah. when you're in the hard times, you worry about the hard times, and when you're in the good times, you worry when the hard times are going to come. Something's going
0: to go wrong, right? Yeah. Which is a really terrible. We way all to do live. that. We all do that. Though.
2: Yeah. One of my most peaceful times was when we were in the depths of debt. It, 2008. I remember laying in the bed in the front of that house, and the Chad was in the car industry, and we didn't have, we didn't know where we were going to pay our bills from because he had always done so well. And had changed jobs, lost a business, went back to an old job. And so we had this plan to pay off our huge amount, like $150,000 worth of debt. Now,
0: that's something to be afraid of.
2: Yes. And so we had a plan. We had it under control. And then the bottom dropped out. And he stopped making the income that we needed to be able to pay that off, you know, before our kids were old and gray. And I just felt... At peace about it because it was so out of control. It's almost like if it was so out of control, I'm okay with it. But if I have a little bit, if I feel like I have something to do with it and it's my responsibility, then I can't, like, I can't shake it. I can't come to terms with it because I could do extra work. But then, back then, I was homeschooling. wasn't well, anything you could do, yeah, so therefore you didn't trusted, worry. Yeah.
0: Why wouldn't you worry more, though?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I I just my worst fear had happened. We were hugely in debt, renting a house, had bad credit, and that was the thing that I always kind of dreaded.
0: Do you ever run uh, run that question then through your mind now? Like, what is the worst thing that can happen?
2: Yeah.
0: And and then and then take it to all of it to to, right. to the very end. Well,
2: there's many worse things. But yeah. in that vein
0: And any particular thing you're thinking of if, Okay what's the worst thing that can happen And you just run it right to the the Absolute worst thing and get to the end of it And right. then, then ask yourself Okay how bad is that What's that worth And yeah. then
2: suddenly we're in debt again $150,000
0: Well, you, When you were $150,000 in debt before you didn't worry about it <laughs> And you got out of it
2: <gasps> It was a lot of work
0: <laughs> <laughs> But you didn't worry about it I mean there was a, a, a time when you didn't so, it's funny
2: so, that you said so basically that. Basically, I should get back into The in most debt. peaceful yeah. time was when, was when you know, were I in was debt. Was when it was the
0: worst. <laughs> yes, and there was nothing you could do. Totally. with me? So then, if if only, <laughs> if only you could be completely out of control and know it in everything, <laughs> and not you, be in debt, then you could rest. Wouldn't right? that be awesome? <laughs> I mean, this is we all, all we're all the same. It's true. It's the same for all of us. Well,
1: sometimes I think to myself, I'm just going to take. How about let's just take a week off yes. of worrying yes. and about I've it. Tried that It doesn't work. And if I if I want to worry next Monday, <laughs> it will still be waiting for me.
2: Have you done and it? And I can pick it back up,
1: not for a whole week, but I've done it for like a day or so at a time. Um, but sometimes when I I can work myself into a crazy and and then anxious, anxious, and then spiral down and and whatever. Which I watch my kids do this, and it's almost funny because I'm like, okay, I can see your thought process is happening right now. Yeah. But when it's you me. You can't apply it to yourself. No. So. Of course not. Um, at the beginning of this week, I thought, okay, I get to decide. Like, I know that I have anxiety, and it's sort of like, you've said this before, Dad. It's sort of like right here at my shoulder, and I know it's there, but I don't have to look at it. And so, it's, it doesn't necessarily go away, but I don't have I to. I think that was
0: some other smart person. I don't year. have to let, let it in. like
1: the do- It's like I'm standing against a door, and I can open the door, and the anxiety can come in. But I'm choosing not to open the door. And this week, I've chosen not to open the door, and it's made a difference. I'm not saying that it's wow. been a perfect week, okay. but I've recognized I have so a choice. you
0: can do that, though? It's possible to do that? Oh,
1: I think it's possible, absolutely. Why
0: would you not do it then, more often? Or
1: um, because it doesn't always feel possible, and I tend to follow my feelings sometimes more than my like logic of knowing that I have that choice.
0: Is there a bizarre comfort in being in fear, anxiety? Sure,
1: I think so. I think that we get used to it, though. It's like what you said. It's like a way that you cope. It's a dumb way, but I do it. Hmm. I heard someone once say, you know, the verse that says, perfect love drives out fear. And he said the opposite is also true. Fear drives out love. And I've experienced that. I think that's really true. Who said that? I need to give him
2: credit.
0: Yeah. If you know who said that, let us know. So, where's the hope? Well, here it comes, beginning with and and a time when you're afraid, but it turns out okay.
2: When I never thought we would buy another house, and now we do have it.
0: How long were you afraid that you'd never buy another house?
2: Since the day we sold our last house, seven or eight years ago.
0: You thought you'd never buy another house?
2: I just couldn't see how it would ever work. I knew we probably would one day, but, um... And by buying a house, I don't mean like, and now we bought our dream house. I just mean like kind of settling down and having a place and feeling like our kids have a place to call home that we're not moving them around. It wasn't really about having like my choice of countertops. It was more of
0: what it means, what home means. Yeah. And just kind of being done
2: with that stage of life of the unknown and moving and where are we going to be and all of
0: that. So how did you handle that fear then while it was going on?
2: Uh, I embraced where we were and tried to see the good parts about where we were. And there were lots of good parts, actually. Once I got over it, living in rentals for four or five years does that to you. You realize, oh, I could complain and take up my whole kid's childhood waiting on my next house. So I just finally decided... No one even has to know that we're renting. I just pretend like this is my real house. That's what I did. How did that it work? it was our real house. Yeah, yeah. I loved that house. I loved by the time I finally decided to make it home.
0: Hmm. So you just like, in a way, you accept. I
2: love that house just as much as I love our house now. As much as I've loved any house that we've owned. My scariest thing was when we went... Not scariest. One of my scary things was when we went...
1: I was pregnant. And we knew we were going to have a baby and we could not hear the baby's heartbeat. So she said, let's do an ultrasound. So she took us in the ultrasound room. But it was in that in-between time where you're waiting for the ultrasound room. And she just said she couldn't hear a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. But you're 12 months, twelve weeks yep. along and, and they got, should be able to hear a heartbeat. And
0: you have time to think about what she just said. And you have time to
1: think about it. And so John and I are like, okay, he happened to be with me at that appointment. We're like, okay, um, this is not. this is probably not going to be good. Well, as it turned out, we went back in there and she's doing the ultrasound and the ultrasonographer looks at us and says, oh, well, that makes sense. And we're like, well, what makes sense? And she turns the screen to us and she says, there's two. Congratulations. And I'm like looking at, you know, two of my kidneys on the screen because that's what it looks like. And she's like, no, you're having twins. I would because my answer was because I said to her. We're having it's two what? Like I just it wasn't even a thing in my head that there could be two babies in there, but I remember as soon as she said you're having twins, and the doctor came in and they looked at the screen, and then they there were people in the hallway and they came in and looked at the screen, and it was so fun for everyone except for me because I'm thinking automatically that my first thought was two car seats, two college educations. Like that's exactly <laughs> where I went, bookended their lives. From zero to oh, right. 18 <laughs> right. in like half a second.
0: Wow. John
1: immediately starts to laugh deliriously. And it kind of scared me because it made me feel weird. Was it nervous laugh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are you laughing? I've never heard that weird laugh. It was a laugh <laughs> I'd never heard before. It was the twins laugh. <laughs> so he had the twins laugh and I'm planning for college and all the doctors are like excited looking at us like, Ooh.
0: Like you're supposed to be excited too. Yeah. It was just and terrifying. you don't even know what it means.
1: Right. So fast forward, da, 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 twins are born two months early spent time in the NICU, although for being two months early, they were really healthy. Um, So that could have gone way worse than it did. Um, But they finally let us, you know, take them home from the hospital. And of course I'm looking around for the grown-up that they're going to send with us to Mm -hmm. help us take care of these children because clearly it's not going to be us, but it was us. And I remember one of the pastors came to our house and said, is there anything we can do for you? You know, meaning like a lasagna and I burst into tears and I said, Can you just tell me what to do? I just don't know how to do this. I don't think I'm doing this right. And his eyes got really big. And he's like, well, you know, I think he offered to pray like the Christian cop out of a man who doesn't know what to say. Because, of course, he didn't.
0: That's the same thing that you said when you went from kindergarten to first grade.
1: I don't know how to do first grade. Oh, I know, Dad. Yes, it is a pattern. Thank you for pointing that out. But I remember shortly after that, waking up in the middle of the night like you do when you have a baby, especially when you have two. And I remember just like I fed the girls and I put them back down and I went to the kitchen and like just started to cry because I was thinking, this is impossible. Like if I don't get up with them, they won't eat. I have to feed them. And but I had a moment where I think I might have even opened my Bible. One of those like I was too tired to think or read anything really, but I just did like the whole open the Bible and point to a verse. And it was a verse about trust, and I remember praying and saying, "Lord, I can't believe that you have made babies to need to eat every 3 hours, but grown-ups who need 8 hours of sleep. This is not right." And I was really upset about this. And I remember just kind of having a sense within me, almost like he was smiling. And he sort of said back, well, maybe I, maybe I did that on purpose. Maybe I know what I'm doing. Um, and it wasn't even like words. It was just sort of a feeling like, okay, there's something that I want, I want to learn in this process of being exhausted, feeding these children. Because there was a fear. The deep fear was I can't keep this up or that I'm all by myself or it's all up to me. But in sort of that moment in the middle of the night and in the hardest part, really, because they were still very tiny and I still didn't really know what I was doing, but it was sort of like knowing that he knew what he was doing, that he was with me and that I, I didn't have to know how we were going to do this for the next 18 years. I just had to know sort of how we were going to do this for the next 10 minutes. And that was, and that was okay. And in that moment that night, it really helped me. I run ahead to the future and then I often sort of live in the regret of the past and those two things it's like that's fear pulls into the future and drags you into the past but if I'm willing to stay in the moment I think uh, that's the least fearful place in a lot of ways is right where you are. It can be. What do you do?
0: I do the cliche that sounds so cliche and It's trust the Lord. There is a God. He's very big. He's in control. He loves me. I've read how much he loves me. The spacecraft that we send out cannot get to the end of the universe to see the end of the universe and his love is bigger than that, it says. So I'm not very successful at it. But if I ever want to and tell myself to do it, it always works. If I really believe that there is a that there is a God and that he loves me and that he knows me and that he created me for certain purposes. And he's, But even if I don't accomplish the purposes, he doesn't reject me for it. He's not judging me for it. And uh, he says he's completely sufficient and adequate for every emotion, every fear, every concern, every hope, every dream, every disappointment, every discouragement, every threat that I would ever have. He says he's completely uh, sufficient for all that. And so I just remind, try to remind myself of that sometimes. And so a lot of times I'll have to do that right out loud. And I'll try to remember those verses that, that um, tell me things, like the, when the perfect love casts out fear. So I'll say some things out loud to myself. And I may have to do that a whole lot.
2: Stop looking at me. <laughs> take that out. You have a fear of being looked at. <laughs> I'm afraid of being looked at. <laughs>
0: and cut. Uh, To connect with the Hopologists and to find hope and encouragement for your home, your family, your soul, visit Hopology.com. Or write to us with suggestions or ideas or criticisms or anything at Hopology at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.